Father, we give all the glory to you. We appreciate you from the depth of our heart. We celebrate you, Adonai. We rejoice in your faithfulness. We say you alone are worthy of all our praise. We worship you. We worship you. Blessed be God forever and ever. Thank you again and again and again. Believe that I forever. In Jesus' most precious name, we have given thanks. Father, please speak to us again in your own way. Cause every heart to burn, Lord. Reveal Christ to us the way and manner we have never seen him before. Our focus is on you, O Lord, who alone can reveal Jesus. We ask you today that Christ be revealed. Help us to know the truth that is in you. Let it become a foundation, O Lord, of our life. Cause our heart, O Lord Jesus, to follow suit. Every of your commandments, O Lord, that our blessing, O Lord, will not come by struggle. In the name of Jesus Christ, let everything you have prepared for your people help us not to miss any one of it. The Bible said that Jesus was teaching. The power of God was present to heal. Let everyone call sick be healed. Perfect everything that concerns your people. Let the desire of your people be granted. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Now again, we want to look at what God continues saying to us concerning that last Congress. Love unreservedly that we took from the book of Matthew 22, verses 37. Matthew 22, 37, down to 40. So we look at that scripture again. Then we continue our teaching from that place. We hear God speaking to us from that series of scriptures that he confronted us with in the Congress. Our eyes got open to certain things that might even stand as a hindrance to our lives without we knowing. Now look at Jesus speaking. He said, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. 39, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Are we saying amen? On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And God began to speak to us from this scripture. The revelation he first gave to us is that it is not possible for one to even love the Lord. 
with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all of his mind, without the revelation of what Jesus had done for us in the heart of the man. And God said where the whole thing starts from is that there will first be a revelation of what Christ has finished for us on the cross of Calvary before a man can then love the Lord. So God is not asking us to love him arbitrarily. He's asking us to love him because of what he finished for us on the cross, which no man can do for us. The sufferings of Christ, God giving out his son, even when we are condemned, no hope, when our life was upside down. And God said, that is the reason why I said, man should love me with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all of his mind, no reservation, unreservedly. And he said, until we love him that way, we cannot love our neighbor. We will only be pretending. Even when a man say, I love my wife, you will discover that when trial and temptation comes, you will see he will not stand. So first of all, God said there must be a revelation of what Christ has finished for us on the cross. Any man who has not caught that revelation that changes the heart of men, that changes the way they view things, that break their old heart and position their heart in loving the Lord at all times, in all situations, no matter the pains they are passing through, when they still remember that Jesus one time died for us, we ought to also do what? Love the Lord with all of our heart. And when we love the Lord, that love of God will constrain our heart not to offend others. Because we have come to a conclusion that actually, if I don't love him, I am not obeying the commandment of God. Not even the man. It is of God. And God showed us the reason. Why many cannot keep that commandment? Why many cannot keep that commandment? Why there are so many people who are divorcing their wives, divorcing their husbands, and they started the journey with, I love you, I love you. But halfway, why did the love stop? Why did it dry up? It's because it's not the kind of love God is talking about. Where they call their love, it's just the love of the world. Maybe you see the young man is very handsome. He used to wear good suit and good clothes. But when he begins to manifest, <laughs> you will discover that no, something is still wrong with this man. The kind of love that God expressed through his son Jesus, it must be revealed to every heart. It must be revealed. That is when you can say, this love that this man loved me is genuine love. It's not fake one. It's not fake one. That man will keep loving even unto death, just like Christ loved unto death. Are we understanding that? Today, let's just see one or two things, then we move on to what we have today again, still in connection to what God revealed to us last time. Look at Acts chapter 8, verses 26, talking about Philip and the Ethiopian Enoch. Now, the revelation that he caught the revelation that the Ethiopian Enoch caught. Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord speak unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. 
And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an Enoch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, hallelujah, was returning and sitting in a chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Verse 13. And Philip ran did I, to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb, dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. At the fall. And the Enoch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh? The prophet is of himself, of some other man. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now look at this. The revelation that he caught was no other revelation but about what Christ passed through for him. There was no other revelation he caught. There was no other revelation he caught. As he was going through Isaiah 53, he saw what Christ ought to pass through. Are you understanding what I'm saying? For me and for you. For me and for you. It was that revelation that changed his heart. That revelation turned him immediately. He never need to ask any more questions. And immediately this man's heart was given over to God completely. He was given over to God completely. Can we read on? Verse 36. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And Enoch said, see, here is water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? Verse 37. And Philip said, if thou believest with all your heart, remember, Thou shalt serve the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. If thou believest with all your heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he ate, and he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both in the water, both Philip and Enoch, and he baptized him. Verse 39. And when they were come up, out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that Enoch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. From this scripture, we discover there is no other revelation we are giving to people that can ever make them to love God this way more than this. Any other revelation we are trying to give people, let me tell you the truth, it will never bring them to the level of loving the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind. With all, 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 all. It is the revelation of Jesus 
that makes all the difference. The revelation of the love of Christ for you and for me, when we have not caught this revelation, there are so many things that make you afraid in life. This revelation is the genesis of the victory of the child of God. This revelation is what brings salvation to us. This revelation is what determines our walk with God. How solid and thick it will become. This revelation makes the gospel of Christ easy. That the people, once they catch it, automatically they turn to God. So God wasn't asking us to love him with all of our heart arbitrarily. He had finished something that he wants every man to see. This is why you ought to love me with all your heart. This is the reason why I'm demanding that you should love me unreservedly. This is the reason why you can't love any other one more than me. This is the reason why your wife can't take my place. Your husband can't take my place. Your children can't take my place. Your job cannot take my place. Nothing can contend with me where you are. So, until this revelation come, and that's why God was reading for us that day, Isaiah. Can we go back to Isaiah 53? Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. For what transgressions? He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of us all. That was where they read for the Ethiopian eunuch. And immediately he caught the picture. He caught the picture. It was so strong. It was a strong revelation. What Christ had to pass through. How deep the Father's love for us have us beyond all measure. So it's so deep, it's so deep, it's so deep. It's not what we should see in the shallow until you see the depth of it. Oh, you can't love God that way. You can't love God that way. And that's why I would say all the chimics we've seen in the recent churches today. All the chimneys were seen in the body of Christ today that made them to look for many ways of making people to give to God. God don't need such. He need people who will see the revelation of Christ. Why they should pour all to him without anybody trying to use trick or any way to make it happen. Of what use? Of what use? It looks as if we try to help God. We are trying to help him. At least these people should be helping God though. They don't help God though. But God is saying no. Look at the apostles that Christ raised. Did they beg anyone to lay down their life for Christ? Nobody begged any one of them. Jesus wasn't telling them it's not like that. Why are you disappointing me, Peter? You see the way you are disappointing me the second time. <laughs> you know why Peter denied Christ? He never saw the revelation. If you remember what happened, it was after that Peter denied Christ. Are you understanding? They now caught him as they were dealing with Jesus. He said, come. You mean this is the way he will go through, through. 
I thought there's a way he would just maneuver and come out. <laughs> when they caught the revelation, oh my God, he came back again. He laid down his life. He laid down his own life too. When Peter caught the revelation of what Jesus passed through for him, he was weeping. Peter wept and wept. By the time he returned again, ooh, until the revelation of what Christ finished for us come afresh. If you go to the book of Revelation, you see God saying, return back to your first love. Return back to your first love. Return back to your first love. Anybody who actually got repented, go and ask the person. When you repent, there is that love that strikes your heart. There is the first love before the troubles of the world started coming again. And your love started going down, small, small. Where you are pursuing this, you pursue this one, you pursue the other one, you pursue the other one. And to make the matter worse, the church removed the revelation of Christ and started making us to start pursuing things like the people of the world. So they made us believe that if you have not got a good car, if you have not got a good house, not finished the house in the village, if all your enemies have not died, you are not a good Christian. And we are not struggling like the world. We have the same pains they have. The peace of the Lord has eluded us. The joy of the Lord is nowhere again. The gentleness that you know the children of God for, we have missed all these things. Now, God began to wonder. We look at this and see that actually this is the revelation God wants us to catch. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He laid it on him. Jesus was carrying my iniquity and your own iniquity. He came to save us. He was battered and beaten. The father threw away his face because of me and you. Verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before our sharers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. We are talking about God. We are talking about God. You remember, they came and Peter draw his knife immediately and cut somebody's ear. He said, Peter, I didn't send you. Put that your knife inside where it's coming from. Who told you I don't have power to tell my father? He will send legion of angels here now. You see what will happen. Put that in. I am here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. I have to die for these ones to leave. The father said, do you want them to be saved? For them to be saved, you have to die. You must lay down your life. You must lay down your life. If you want these prisoners to be free, you must lay down your life. If you want these people whom the devil has already caught captives, he has held them captives, if you want them to be free, you must die. You must let the humiliation. You must allow the suffering. You must allow the beatings. You must allow them to trample on you. Verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? Is it not where the Ethiopian Enoch was written now? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich. And in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. 
Can we go to ten? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When he shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I will say amen. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now, we look at the revelation of what Christ has finished for us on the cross of Calvary until a man catch that revelation, until the revelation becomes what you're living by every day. Forget about it. You can't love God with all your heart. You'll see yourself changing at times, changing at times, changing at times, changing at times. Then loving people becomes trouble. So the extent that you love others is the extent that you love God. And the extent you love the Lord is the extent of the revelation of Christ's love for you. So God made it clear for us that we should reach out and pray and pray intensely and say, Lord, reveal the death of Christ again. There's one film that they acted, The Passion of Christ. Look for it again and watch that film again. It will help you a lot. It's a drama, but that drama sold so much. So much. The day they were interviewing the man, the man really explained so many things that happened to him. So they were trying to make it real so that people can understand. It's not these pictures. If you study the scripture very well, the Bible said they disfigured his face that you cannot know him when you look at him again. If you behold him, you can never ever say that it's Jesus. They disfigured him completely. They disfigured him. The weight of the cross they gave to him was so heavy that they can't carry it. If carry, carry, carry the thing will be too much. He has to fall down. They'll be hitting him on the ground. I said, get up and carry it. We described the kind of turn they used to make car for him. The turn was so long. The turns they used to hold his hand is six, eight inches. He passed through all these things for me and you. He suffered all these things, all the humiliation in the hand of ordinary man. Sinners too. Father, in the hand of people he came to save. Because those people were saved also by that death. They killed him, but yet it was still them who want to save. So God said, we need to catch a clear revelation of that and we need to go and pray for it. It don't just come. It don't just come. We need to settle and pray and say, Lord, give me a fresh revelation of what Christ finished for me on the cross. You have prayed so much about Job. Can you pray for once and say, Lord, reveal your love for me. Reveal your love for me. Let me know your love again. God's love for us, it needs to be revealed. It needs to be revealed. It needs to be revealed. I pray that the love of Christ be revealed afresh to your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that the love of Christ be revealed afresh to your heart. When that love is revealed afresh, you will see the spirit of slavery will leave you. As a child of God. You'll be bold to walk every day, even with your slippers and singlet. Even without food, you will always know. How deep the Father's love for me of us beyond all measure. You will know how deep 
the Father's love is for you. How deep that is beyond all measure. There's nothing you can compare with it. There's nothing you can liken it to be with. There's nothing at all. It's so deep. And that's why he said, it can never leave you nor forsake you. Until you understand that love, honestly speaking, you can't serve God well. You cannot serve him well. You can't even love him with all of your heart. They'll beg you to give tithe. They'll beg you to give offering. They'll beg you to serve the Lord. They'll beg you for everything. You can only serve him when you like. It's when you like you serve. If you don't like, you leave. So even for some of us that are serving, we serve because they told us, if you serve, you'll be blessed. If you serve, you'll be blessed. Once they remove blessing, you'll stop serving. They say, what are we serving for again? What am I serving for again? Are we saying amen? We pray today that the love of God be revealed afresh your heart in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we continue again to see the next thing God is saying to us concerning this love. Please, I plead with us that we can catch this revelation. If we catch it, it will make a world of difference. I tell you, when we can catch it, everything changes in our lives. You see, certain things will leave us. There are some sickness that will leave you on their own. On their own. They will just leave you alone. There are certain weights that you feel around you. They will leave you on their own. They will leave you on their own. There are struggles you are in that will just turn overnight. Whenever you understand the love of God for you, and walk in love every day. Forget about it. Everything will change your life. There are so many doors you have been knocking at. That refuse to open. They will open on their own accord. Why? No door can shut against God. No door can shut against God. There is no door that can shut against God Almighty. I pray that that will happen. For you also. Because you are carrying God in you. When you have love in you. You are carrying God in you. When that love of God is at work in a man's heart. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Now look at this again. At new birth. There are certain things that happen. Hallelujah. At new birth. Can we see first 4 John chapter 3 verse 14 to 16. Then we see that Galatians. 4 John chapter 3 verses 14. We know that we are passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We know we are passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loved not his brother abided in death. Verse 15. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer had eternal life abiding in him. Verse 16. Hearing Perceive with the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Are we saying amen? Because he laid down his life for us, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Go back again to 15. Can we read that 51 to go? Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer had eternal life. No murderer had eternal life abiding in him. At new birth, what did we receive? 
When you become born again, what did you receive? We receive eternal life. Listen to this teaching. Please, it's important. I beg you. Do you know many children of God, they have lost life everlasting. They are abiding in death. You know, when you live in the shadow of death, there are so many things that will be happening around you. So many things will be happening around you when you are living in the shadow of death. So many things will begin to happen around you. So many doors will shut against you. So many doors, so many things will begin to happen around you. Doors will shut. You will see yourself struggling every day. Prayer, 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 prayer. It's not 21 days prayer that makes it work. You need to settle down to discover what exactly is the matter. What is the matter? Once the matter is settled, you see God free you completely. He'll free you completely. He'll free you completely. Now, at new birth, we received eternal life. We received eternal life. So, what is eternal life, please? Eternal life simply means God kind of life. God kind of life. The life that God carries is eternal life. Life everlasting. Life eternal. That is the life we call Immediately you give your life to Christ. You received eternal life. What God gave to you is eternal life. Are we saying amen? So at new birth, every one of us receive eternal life. Now we need to trace. What is this eternal life? We need to know what is life everlasting. Life everlasting simply means the life of God. And that life of God simply means the life of love. Because God is love. God is what? Love. So the life we received at new birth is everlasting life which is called eternal life and the Bible has said to us that anybody who don't love his brother is a murderer. That person don't have eternal life in him. Which simply means you don't have God dwelling in you because who is God? God is love. Are we saying amen? Now look at 4 John again verse 4 before we come to Galatians. 4 John 4 verses 7 to 8. 4 John, 4 verses 7 to 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of who? Of God and knoweth who? God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So how do we know that somebody know God? Is it by knowing Genesis to Revelation? Is it by quoting it offhand? Is it by speaking Queen's English? Now, the scripture is telling us how we know that somebody knows God. The extent of your knowledge of God can only be displayed by your love. First for God and second for your fellow human being. Because we understand that there's a revelation that will make you first to love God. What is that revelation? The revelation of Christ and what he has finished for you on the cross of Calvary, that makes you to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And once that happens, automatically, you have the life of God in you, you begin to love others. Unconditionally. You must love them. You must love them. No matter what they do, you must love them. You begin to love them. You begin to love them. Nothing will make you to say, no, I will never love him again in this world. I have put him in my black book. 
forever and ever is over. I'll be raising from my heart. You know we hear such languages and the thought is a joke. It's a manifestation of a life. It's a manifestation of a life that can show in words and then in action. It can show in words and it can show also in action. It doesn't mean that love does not discipline. But love can never discipline to kill. It disciplines to make better. It disciplines to make better. It says that any discipline is bringing to you, it's going to make you better in future. It must make you better in future. And we say in amen. Verse 8 of the scripture. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. Simple arithmetic. He that don't love, if that brother or the sister doesn't love, he don't know God. Why? God is love. God is love. Go to verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. Him that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God. And God is dwelling in the man. The so-called president, the so-called governors, we have not seen love in them. They are all haters. They hate all of us. They hate all of us. And we know the life of God is not in them. It's not in any one of them. The only one that will save this country will be a lamb. And that lamb of God. He'll be ready to lay down his life. But all we are asking, will God raise such man for us? We are only praying. Because that man must be ready to sacrifice his life. Are we saying amen? Now, what is the Lord saying? Until this kind of love is revealed. That you lay down your head. You are not thinking about yourself. You are thinking about others. You are thinking about how will others survive? How will we make this community better? How can we change our state? You're not thinking about yourself. It's not yourself you're thinking about. It's not yourself you're thinking about. And that is how we know them. That many of the people around that claim to know God. So it's no matter of that you're preaching. It is when we come to check the account of the ministry. We will know whether you are siphoning the money into your personal account. It is when we come to check the project they give to you to do. What are you doing there? Is there accountability? Is there accountability? It is when we get your home and know how you handle resources, how many bank accounts you have, and the ones you tell your wife and the ones you don't tell her. What comes into your account and the one you reveal and the one you don't reveal. It is when we begin to check the properties you have that we know and the ones that nobody knows. And these are the people that are in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about Muslim. I'm not talking about Muslim. And God began to show us this. He said we have known. We have known. Not that we are trying to know. It is a settled matter. We have known and believe the love that God had for us. You see our brother speaking to us. He said we have known and we believe 
there is this revelation of love that God had for us. We know that one. We know it. Just a revelation of the love. Unreservedly, the love that made Christ to lay down his life, he revealed it to our heart. He revealed that love to our heart. He revealed it to our heart. We have come to know it. And what is that? God is love. God is love. God is love. And he that do what? That dwelleth in love. Dwelleth in God. And God in that man. God in that man. God in that man. So if I like I speak from now to a hundred years to come. What you are looking for is God dwelling in this man. So how do we know? Does he manifest love? Does he manifest love? How does he behave when he sees his brother looking for food to eat? How does he behave when the brother don't have house rent and they had the money? How does he behave when the brother is about pushed out of school? How does he behave when they gave him a position that can better the life of others? How does he behave in the body of Christ? How does he behave? Does he push other people down for his own to rise? How does he behave? How does he behave? What is the motivation for the love he claimed that he had for God? What's the motivation? Is it not because his business is prospering? Won't the business stop prospering? He changed his mind. How does he behave? How does he behave? So it's important. If we don't understand it, then there is an issue. There is a big issue. Are we saying amen? Go back now to that Galatians. Galatians 5 verse 22. Galatians 5 22. Now look at that. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Remember where we started? God said to us, anyone who fulfilled this commandment, there's no law. That is Matthew 22. Is it not true? 37. There's no law. So, from Genesis to Malachi, everything written in the book of the law is fulfilled in that law. Jesus said, a new commandment I'm giving to you. A new commandment I give unto you. A new commandment I give unto you. He said, in this is where the whole thing is fulfilled. In this, in this. The problem we see in the body of Christ today is what we are discussing though. All the stealing in the body of Christ is because of what we are discussing here. It's no more. Boost stealing of somebody's wife. Boost stealing of somebody's husband. There's no kind of stealing you don't see today. You think that stealing is only money. They steal wives. They steal husbands. They will steal children. There's nothing they are not stealing now. Stealing everything. Stealing. But the problem is that it happened also in the body of Christ. That's where we're having a headache. If it's in the world, no problem. There's no problem. I remember those days. No robber dares to come to church. No robber. Listen, no robber dares to come to church. 
Even if there's been in the compound of the church, if robbers see, they say, come out there. Come out there. Come out there. Come out here. Don't get into trouble with God. Don't get into trouble with God. But today, robbers go to church. Break the safe. They break the safe, carry all the money. Shoot people there. Kill them and leave. And nobody has ever asked, what is making these people to change their mind about God and his people? What is making them to change their mind about God and his people? Today, people come to church, sit close to you. They are targeting your phone. Once you get up and move, they call out the phone. They have dismissed their own church that day and go. Now we started forming many security units. How can you be forming security units inside the body of Christ? I mean inside the church. Security will stay like this. If you get out, they say, carry your phone. No? Is that not a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. Carry your phone. Then, if they finish giving offering, you see where security is following people that carry basket. I told them if I'm among them, I won't carry the basket again. I'll stop. I will never carry it. God knows I won't. I'm not a thief. I am not one. Why should somebody be escorting me? For God's money, you don't fear. It's because of what has happened in the past. That's why they have to escort them like that. They have been handled badly. It's because love has finished. God is not dwelling in them anymore. It's no more dwelling in them. If God is still dwelling in you, oh God, how can't you fear? In the body of Christ, they drop hanky. You went and even touched it. Ask me. Even when you pray that they should die, they don't die. They still come back and carry it again. If you finish praying this Sunday, next Sunday they will carry another one. And God keep watching us and say, when would they return from what they have lost? If God still dwell in our midst, you will see there are so many things that will stop happening. There are so many things that will stop happening in our midst. I will still say amen. Now we look at that scripture. God began to show us love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith. Are you seeing that goodness, faith then? Okay. Meekness, temperance, he said against all that's law. Now look at that. Do you see the first word there? Go back. He said, but the fruit, please mark the word fruit. How many did you see there? How many? How many, please? Everybody, how many? Nine. Look at that scripture well. Go back again. Go back again. How can you use fruit? Is it right in English? Oh, yeah, tell me. I'm asking somebody here. What is it supposed to be? Fruits. So this Bible, is it wrong or right? Is it right? Okay. <laughs> he knew you are being religious now. Now why is he right? Why is he right? Why should we use fruit and not fruits when it's nine? Tell me, why is right? Now, you look at scripture, use the word fruit of the spirit. 
And he began to count love. Are you understanding? Now see, we need revelation to interpret the scripture. If you don't allow God to give you revelation, you interpret it the wrong way. Now look at it. The Bible said God is love. It starts with love. Are you understanding? Look at joy. Look at peace. Look at long-suffering. Look at gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. They are the manifestation. Are you understanding? They are the manifestation. You can see somebody. This is the person. But there are manifestations that comes out of him. How do we know that this person has that life of God in him? How do we know? There must be manifestation of joy that does not anchor to anything that is here on earth. There must be manifestation of joy. That joy doesn't anchor to money, to car, the husband, the wife, the children. It is there naturally. Why? The life of God is in him. God is dwelling in him. In his fullness. And who is God? God is love. So at new birth, the Holy Ghost comes. What does he come to do? It is the spirit of God that comes to shed. He said, the love of Christ has been shed abroad in our heart. That's Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Did you see the Holy Ghost sharing love? Did you hear the joy of God is shed abroad? It is the love of God that the Holy Ghost comes to share abroad in your heart. When that love was shared abroad in our heart, the manifestation is in peace, in joy. Go back again to Galatians. Now, it begins to manifest in you the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, long-suffering, gentleness. You see, these things begin to manifest on their own. On their own. Now, when you see that these things are no more, your love is under serious attack. Your love for God is under serious attack. Anytime you sense in your life that your joy is drying up, the enemy is after the love of God in your heart. He's doing everything within his power. It might be the temptation you're passing through. See, what he's looking for is to terminate that life. That eternal life which you received. He's doing everything within his power. But because the child of God don't know, you see the child of God struggling, doing some other thing. He won't understand. Hey, there is a battle. And it begins to show when you see your joy is drying up, is dropping. When you see your peace is finishing up. When you see you are no more long-suffering, you discover that the person begins to be careful. Very careful to do good again. Mm -mm. 
these are pointers that the love of God in your life is under serious attack. The next thing you discover that starts happening, your faith in Christ will start dropping. To believe God becomes trouble for you. To believe God becomes trouble. It must be Jesus and something. It must be Jesus and something. Jesus and something. If they say, let's pray. He says, it's only prayer. Let's add something to it. <laughs> you can never believe that just simple prayer of faith is enough. You can never believe it. You can never believe that that prayer is enough. Your faith will begin to drop immediately. Your faith will begin to drop. Even when you finish hearing God's word now, before you get to the door, something will tell you you'll stay die. You will die. Forget about it. You don't live by faith again. And don't really, you'll be so foolish. Now listen to me. You'll be so foolish to start to contend with the devil. My faith, my faith, come back. No. Your faith is not coming back because there is a life that makes the faith to work. The love of God in you. So it's not the faith matter. Go back to the love of God. Once you return back to that love, the whole thing begins to fix again. The whole thing begins to fix again on its own accord. They begin to fix again. They begin to fix again. So we see people at times say, well, let's just do something that will make us joyful. You go to church, they say, oh, throw away your sorrow. Come on, dance. Then just forget about your sorrow. You start dancing. You start dancing. You start dancing. If you finish, the sorrow are not take I'll say again, nah. Have fun. Is somebody here with me? The fear will still follow you back. And so I'm here. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> you see, no, I don't know. I'm just afraid. Every time I'm becoming afraid, I don't know what is making me to be afraid. You will remain afraid until the day you go back again to what the enemy started attacking in your life. The love. Check your love gauge. Check your love gauge. Do you still love God? The way you loved him the first time. Do you still love others? The way you used to love them. Even some people before you know, the love they have for their parents will just vanish. Will just vanish. That's why you see this end time. See how the devil is attacking the love of children. He attacked the love of children to the extent they call their parents witch. They call their parents witch. The mother that gave birth to you are calling witch. If it's a witch, at least the witch gave birth to you didn't kill you. Know that along the line something happened. Are you understanding? Then stand for the witch. Say, no, it's my father. He must be delivered. Since they didn't kill me as a witch, and I'm still alive up to today. It simply means something happened along the line. So I can't leave my father to die like that. So you have to go and pray. That God will open his eye, come out of the witch. And become your father again. And become your mother again. Then you can't talk about meekness again. Such a life can never be meek anymore. Because meekness came from the life of love. It came from the life of love. Don't you see Jesus? How meek he was. How meek he was. So somebody who didn't understand would think that he's just meek. No. It's because there's a life. The life of God. That life of love that he carried. 
That's what made him to be meek. So being meek is automatically life for him. He doesn't struggle to be meek. I want to be meek today. God, in the name of Jesus, help me to be meek. No. Once that life is there, he'll be meek. Once the life is there, he will remain meek. Once he refused that life, being terminated, he will remain meek. He will never be proud. He won't be arrogant. He don't need to fight you and fight and shout, hey, wait, hey, do you know who I am? No. Once that life will remain there, he remained like that. That's why they were pushing him. Pushing him. I tell you, if he saw us, they push like that, and we knew there's such power, we would have rose somebody. It would have been recorded in the Bible. And as they were pushing Jesus, he turned and raised a seed and he killed 50 men. He said, have you seen? Oh, carry me and go on. <laughs> By that time, will anybody come again? They would have told him, no problem, just leave. <laughs> leave on. <laughs> now, the purpose of God, wouldn't he be defeated? He would have been defeated. Are we saying amen? Now, some of us who are still raising fire, in the name of prayer. Stop, oh. I beg you to stop. May God change your heart tonight. I say may God change your heart tonight. Jesus told us how to love our enemies. A young man wrote an article this morning that I was reading. He said, when this love comes, you will not be able to differentiate between the wicked and the good people. You won't differentiate again. That's why Jesus was living for the wicked. He said, I make the rain to fall for the wicked and for the righteous. At the same time, the son, I will not increase their own. God never increased their own. But there is a judgment that he has reserved for them. Do you know today, at times if I sit down and this love come and the revelation, I say, God, ah, let me change my prayer. I don't want to pray that kind of prayer. <laughs> If you wish your enemy hell, you're not a good person. Hell is not a good place to go. Don't even wish your enemy that place. Don't wish anybody hell. That's what God said to you. You can't wish somebody hell. But do you know, the manifestation that we see in the church today, please, is it not pointing that love has finished? I'm asking somebody a question. It's a pointer that the love of Christ is drying up. The highest time you see people praying is when they say, let us pray for our enemies. These are people that if you say, now let's pray for the salvation of people. You will say, nah, nah. the person is he saved. Anyone who doesn't love abides in death. Eternal life has left him. He's a murderer now. Don't you think if you change the prayer, the man leave, God will say, I love you more. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? All the people you have your list that you want to pray against, change it now. Start praying for their salvation. God will hear you. And the door will open for you. You're not saying amen, no? Change your prayer. All the people that told you somebody killed your father, tell the person, I have heard, but I don't want that in my heart. Tell the person, I forgive the person. Tell them, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. If you don't forgive them, if you keep praying against them, let me tell you the truth, you'll be tormented too. You'll be tortured too. You'll be tormented too. You'll be tortured too. If you lock them in the prison and refuse to lay down your life and let them go, God will be looking at you. He'll be looking at you. I will say it, amen. 
God said, the reason why I say fruit is talking about one. The rest is manifestation. How to know that that fruit is in you. It must show in the joy unspeakable, full of glory that is not anchored on the new building. It's not anchored on your beautiful wife. It's not anchored on the money you have in your account. It's only anchored on Christ, the revelation of the love of God. I was sharing that with my wife. I said, do you know today we cannot differentiate between the world and the people of God? The people of God are drying. The world, they are drying. We are still not enjoying it. What determines our joy is the job we get now. Once we receive a call, all company, hey! And you don't know that that one will not last forever. Only if you get there, the MD and come and say, oh, you look very pretty, lady. Can you meet me in my office? Trouble has started. The joy will just dry immediately. It will just die immediately. Because your joy came from the job. It came from the job. It's not the joy that the love of Christ revealed to your heart. It's not the joy that the love of Christ stirred up in your heart. Have you ever laughed any day? I'm asking somebody here. Have you ever laughed any day for nothing? You're just laughing. Has anybody laughed here? Oh. I have tested just laughing. Just because of the love of God. You just be laughing. <laughs> You're just laughing. They are asking you what is happening. He said, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the world we are in today. Do you see trouble everywhere? Please, if you're sleeping, do you sleep very well? There's no part of the world you see peace. And that's why God said, this Holy Ghost who shed the love of God abroad in the heart in order for we to enjoy the peace that the world cannot enjoy. You hear Jesus said, my peace, my own peace. Who is he? He's the love of God. My peace I give to you. How did he give you the peace? He gave you his life. His kind of life, that eternal life, which is love. And you begin to manifest the peace of God in your heart. In the midst of trouble, you are drunk, you are dancing, celebrating God. You don't know what you have. You are busy envying them. If they carry their car, yeah. don't you know if you allow this joy and peace, if you enter their car, the atmosphere will change. Honestly, if you enter there, their atmosphere will change. You will see the person will say, ah, I just saw you, I said, they being happy. If you want to go, they will say, don't go. Please don't go. If you just go, we will not feel happy again. We will be very sad. But when that love is attacked, you discover that you as a child of God, you start behaving like them. Even then we say, we thought you were a child of God when you come, things will change. But since you came in here, everything is working against us. <laughs> so it's important that we understand this. The goodness, the faith, you see the manifestation of faith. If they say this thing cannot go down, you tell them, no. It will go down in the name of Jesus. They will see you with your shoulders. I say, what is giving this one this kind of confidence? He said, forget about it. There is something I have in me you don't have. And that's what God is saying to us. Listen, I wanted to move to what we normally do. God said, no, don't go anywhere. I'll stay where you are. Teach these people very well. Let them understand what we're talking about. Many headache, 
many pains, heart is paining us, if we can return back there, all of them will run away. Because our returning back there is God returning back to us. And when God returns, what happened to the devil? What happened to his demons? What happened to everything around him? They will disappear immediately. They will disappear. Every door shut against us will be open afresh. Every door shut against us will be open afresh. Will you return back to the love of Christ? I say, will you return back to the love of Christ? Can we get that hymn? Let's sing it. Hymn 152. We see meekness. We see temperance. We see all of these things we are turning and fighting ourselves, eating and biting ourselves. It has to stop. But how? Let's go back to the love of God. We begin to love others. As we love God first, as we cry to God desperately for the love of Christ to be revealed in our heart, we we'll see we will not gossip anybody. We'll be joyful, celebrating. We want our brother to be greater than us. We will know that his victory is our victory. We we'll know his victory is our victory. Not trying to push thought on anybody. Let's take that hymn. How deep the Father's love for us of us beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make our wretch his trace. How great the pain of sin in this the Father turns his face away as rose which my in one bring me we begin to talk to God. Lord, the love to my heart. Let that love that the Holy Ghost shed have brought in my heart return. Let that love that the wicked has attacked because of so many things that has happened around me. Lord, I never knew it was an attack of the devil. Again, the love of Christ that he used to redeem me. Let this love be revealed abroad. Let it be revealed afresh. Let it be shared alone again and again. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give all the glory to you. We appreciate you from the depth of our heart. We thank you. I know you are blessed by the message just the same. We encourage you to join our open heaven meetings, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life transforming seminars for all in sports circle at Suki 23, C2C Plaza, Bucketty Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry, Instagram at Savior T Sports. Twitter at Savior Total, WhatsApp number 90 
6022223330. Email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Changing me